It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 17, the Plaxico Burris edition of the podcast. Man, where do I even start with that clown? Yes, he did score the game-winning touchdown for the Giants to defeat the unbeaten Patriots in Super Bowl 42, but he's not most remembered for that. He's most remembered for stupidly shooting himself in the leg at a club, which eventually landed him in jail for like two years because the gun was unlicensed. What a dummy. He also, years later, was indicted on failing to pay income taxes. Great wide receiver in the NFL. Not so great at using his brain. I'm very excited to have my guest on the podcast today. You know him as a sexy stallion that worked on the Jay and Dan show. He's a total heartthrob, and that is, of course, cameraman Glenn. Very intrigued to hear about his long and storied career, where he eventually rode off into the sunset last November to retire. Without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, and now welcome on a great friend of mine, Bragg, and that is none other than television veteran cameraman Glenn. His career spanned over 45 years in the industry, wrapping up the last couple of years, working for the Jay and Dan show on TSN, where he now has a legion of adoring fans. Welcome to the H-Dog pod, cameraman Glenn. Hello, Harrison. Hand dog. How are you? Pretty good. How, are you? how about yourself? How are you Great. Doing? It's nice to be here. It's nice to be retired. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that. How, how are you enjoying retirement? I would enjoy it a lot better if I could get out of the house, but it's, it's, it's okay. And I wish the uh, golf courses were open. I, used to, I heard something yesterday about what the golf courses are going to do. Mm-hmm. I heard they're going to put the cups above the hole. The cups so when you, when you chew your putt, it's going to hit the cup, and that's a sink ball because they don't want people putting their hands in the hole. Right. Oh, it's, it, oh, that's interesting. Have you heard, actually, if they're actually opening these courses at all? Uh, at I soon? heard that Toronto, all the courses in Toronto are not going to open at least till July 1st. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I don't know about Durham. I'm not sure. But that's what I read, I read in the paper today that that's what they said, that nothing till end of June. Wow. Yeah, no, that, that's understandable. It makes sense. But, uh, well, especially for you, you just re- you retired in November. And, and you guys give me a set of clubs. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure you're even more going crazy right in the now. basement. Oh, God, that's uh, that's brutal. Uh, bad luck. Yeah, I did take them out to golf town and hit a few balls with them, though, and they seemed really good. Yeah? No, what, uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you'll love us. Hopefully, we're, we're out by July, because I'd, I'd planned on golfing with you a lot this summer. Uh, yeah. But uh, at least as of yet, the weather hasn't been too awesome, so it's not like we're, we're figuring, like, oh, we wouldn't have been able to play right now. At least as of now, it's sort of been meh, the weather, right? Yeah, that's yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to talk to you about uh, your career path. I'm very interested okay. in that. Bring you, bring me back to the start. How did you get involved working in TV, and what was it like back then? It was, it was a lot different, and uh, it was. I started in 1974 as a as a trainee, and so at, at that time the trainee would be have be in where all the equipment is, and all the the cameramen and the audio people would come to the tech stores it was called, and get the equipment, and you would hand out the mic and sign it all out and sign it back in to make sure everything that went out came back in. And so you get to sit in the room and watch. Back then, there was a lot of production in the station, so you get to watch lots, lots, lots of people come by. And I'm sitting in there one day, and this fellow comes by and says, hey, how you doing? I said, good. And he says, nice to meet you. And he says, he's walking away, and I'm thinking, that was Alice Cooper, but he wasn't in makeup. Alice Cooper? <laughs> yeah, because he did a show there called Welcome to My Nightmare. And Vincent Fournier, that's who his real name is, Vincent Fournier. He came by there and he said, hey, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? And as he walked away, he goes, that was Alice without makeup. And I, here I am, I'm 19 years old. And it's like, Alice Cooper is saying hello to me. <laughs> that was huge. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was cool. So I did uh, in the training, and then you would actually go into the studios and you would be the A2, putting the microphones on the guests and that, which was kind of cool too. I got 
one of my was one of the weirdest things I had to do is I had to put a microphone on Dolly Parton. Wow. 19 years old and Dolly Parton's walking in there and I got to put a mic on her. <laughs> and back then there was no cordless mic. So you had to run a cord up the back of her dress and around to the front. It was really scary. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Obviously. It was scary. Yeah. And then, so I did, I did that till 1976 and then they upgraded me. I, I did a lot of uh, camera as a trainee and they upgraded me to a cameraman. So the very first show I did, I think was the beginning of 1976 and it was a, show called Stars on Ice. And it was a skating show, and the arena was right in the studio. And at that time, the host of the show was Alex Trebek. Oh, wow. Man, you've, yeah. worked, you've worked with some royalty. The end of 70, I think it was the beginning of 76 or end of 76. So that was the first show I did. And then uh, when I do other shows, like game shows, like Definition, Headline Hunters, a lot of newses and uh, Canada AMs. And... Then I got my first break in 1977. They were doing a Billy Graham, the evangelist, mm-hmm. was doing a crusade in the Philippines. So in the November of 77, I got to fly to the Philippines and do a shoot in November in the Philippines, which was, for me, it was my first trip into the sun in, in winter. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really cool. After that, there were so, there were so many things. Thrill of a Lifetime, uh, did a few of those. I did lots of remotes. I did the... Uh, I did the center field camera for the Blue Jays from uh, for about nine years. The last year I did was '89, the first year at the Dome. I did about eight years for that, and I had an inter- interesting thing at the baseball. I was doing the center field camera, and at that time it was on a scissor lift right down at the fence. And Dave Winfield, playing for the Yankees at the time, hit a home run during the game right into my bucket. <laughs> and the, the announcer, who was Fergie Oliver at the time, says, "Hey, that's our cameraman out there, Glenn Moore. He made a nice catch." I actually didn't catch it, but I did get the ball. And a couple of weeks later, they're in town again, and I get them to autograph it. So that's that's pretty, pretty neat when you're a young guy doing that stuff, you know. Of course, of course. Yeah, and then did a lot of studio stuff. I did uh, then I did a lot of um, did some Miss Canada's. Uh, I did Miss USA a few times. Oh, wow. Miss uh, Universe how, in Singapore and Panama. How was that? That was that was awesome. It's, it's just it's it's the thing was what made it so good. It was it's such hard camera work that you really had to learn your craft. Uh, and that's what I really learned. It. I, I, lots of guys like Larry Barkley and Wayne Summers, they taught me everything they knew, and they were great teachers. It was, there was, there was, a, there was a, lot of, a lot of fun and a lot of work. I can imagine, yeah. And what, uh, where, was it, where would you say the coolest place you've ever worked uh, was? Well, I, I think Panama. Panama in the summer, and it was, uh, we got to do, uh, we were out on the beach, and we were all, all over town, you know? Mm-hmm. That was that was really cool. The, the, one of the worst ones I did. I did a, a show a show called uh, Survivor, and I had to go down to um, Colorado. What's Jeff Brooks? Right now, and we did a reenactment of a plane crash in oh. the middle of winter, and we had to go up to where the plane crashed. They had to walk through like waist high snow to a fake plane crash and shoot that in the middle of the night. Oh wow! It was that was. That was a ball breaker. <laughs> I, can't imagine, I can't imagine that being a, a super fun. That's for sure. So then, yeah. so when you, when did you start doing studio work for pretty well for good? Like, was that at CTV for Canada AM? Yeah, that would be for Canada AM, and that would have been in uh, you know, two thousand, maybe two thousand and five, somewhere in there. I think I did it for ten years, and it was it was it was really good. See again, I'm just I'm, I'm just dropping names, but it's just really meeting. It's amazing meeting these people, like. When Britney Spears was just coming up, Christina Aguilera and Julio Iglesias, uh, and then you get the, the old timers like um, Tony Bennett coming in, and the new guy John Legend, and the guy I knew when John Legend came in, I'd never heard of him. Right. 
and then uh, and Katy Perry and uh, just so many people. And because there's no audience involved, you get to talk to them. You know, like you're you're meeting like I'm talking to you. That's how I was talking to like Katy Perry. You know. <laughs> Wow, that's a, that's pretty cool. I love that you're name dropping. By the way, it was a lot of it was a lot of a lot of people, and, uh, and I, yeah, it was it was good. I know you've told me before you have a great uh, story involving Rod Stewart. What, what was that all about? The Rod Stewart. Well, yeah. Well, Rod Stewart was coming in to do an interview on Canada AM. It was a post date, so it was like nine o'clock in the morning or nine thirty, not too early. So the production manager comes in and says, "Listen, uh, Rod's coming in, and he doesn't like any public contact. He doesn't want you guys to say hello to him. He just wants to walk in, do his interview, and leave." Okay, fine. So we go, we actually, and he, as soon as he comes through the door, he sees me because I'm camera three. And the first door comes through, he taps me on the shoulder and says, Hi, I'm Rod Stewart. Nice to meet you. I said, Hi, I'm Glenn. He says, Nice to meet you. Well, goes over to the next camera. Hi, I'm Rod Stewart. Hi, I'm John. Nice to meet you. Go to the next camera. Goes to the floor manager. Goes to the prompter person. He went to everybody in the studio. He introduced himself. Did, went in, did the interview. And when he left, thanks, everybody. Went around, shook everybody's hand again and said, Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. He was such a gentleman. There's no way that he didn't want us to talk to him. That's so funny. It's so interesting that uh, that he would have said that uh, he doesn't like people interacting with him. Yeah, he, yeah, he was just so friendly. That's uh, that's, that's all. It's we, were, great. we were told to leave him alone, so we were going to leave him alone. That's why. But I think he says that because he maybe expects to walk into a room with like 50 people. He walks into a room with six. Right. So I think he's pretty comfortable then. You know. I, I think yeah. I'm sure. Obviously, being such a megastar that. Uh, yeah, like, and nobody's going over, that. could have your autograph, could have your picture taken with you, none of that. Right, right, right. We, we're smarter than that. We don't do that, you know? And then uh, same thing with uh, one time uh, Doug Gilmore was in, same sort of thing. Production manager said the same thing. And I asked him, say, hey, Doug, how you doing? He says, good, how are you? He, I said, uh, any chance that uh, uh, you, like, you could sign a card for my kids? Yes, give them to me. He says, I don't mind signing anything that's going with the name. Like he signed one to Christopher and one to Justin. Yes, I, I just don't like signing those people are just going to take them and sell them. Right, yeah, of course. That's, that's, you know, that's if, if, you, if you're putting a name on it, he, 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 uh, that's what he said. He says, if I put a name on it, I'll sign them all day. I should rephrase that. I, I said that wrong. I didn't ask him for an autograph I, well, for my kids. I just walked by him and said, how you doing? He says, hey, how you doing? He says, and he asked me, he says, did you want something signed? <laughs> and I didn't ask him. He asked me first. I said, yeah, I got some cards here for my, for my kids. But oh, wow. I didn't ask him, so I, I told you wrong at first. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. So yeah, he did. He did ask me first. Uh, I love that you met all those uh, fascinating people. This stuff, this fascinates me. This blows my mind. I can't even imagine an era of this. But people were able to smoke in the control rooms and have beers at work. I'm not sure how long ago that was, but well, tell me about um, that. That just seems wild. The beers were not allowed. Oh, there was occasionally smoke. you would see them, but there was after shows they would always have beers for the crew. But but yes, the smoking in the studios on our on our pedestals on the camera back in the day we would have ashtrays double-sided tape to our pedestal wow. so that we could smoke and have an ashtray at the same time the ash- and when you moved the ashtray didn't fall off <laughs> there's actually a story that was, when we were doing Canada AM many many years ago one of the uh, the fellow that uh, back then they didn't have electronic graphics they had graphics on cardboard so they have each graphic they had eight graphics they had eight graphics and somebody would pull them every time they were changing stories and he would stand there and smoke. And if you looked at the graphic carefully, you would see the smoke wafting through the shot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, just, yeah. it just seems so wild to me to, to, to think of was, work and people smoking and I'm doing that. It just seems crazy to me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. It's like now I even find it unbelievable that we could do it. Well, there, and there, there was ashtrays, like the metal, big metal ashtrays that used to t- attach to the wall with screws. They were in our hallways. <laughs> they had ashtrays actually in our hallways. 
Wow, that's uh, that's that's wild. Uh, yeah. Now Grant uh, Nabesy Roberts uh, edits these uh, episodes together. He does a great job with them all the time. I'm so thankful for that. He uh, he mentioned to me that when he first started working with you in 1994, there was a uh, unique interaction you guys had. Uh, uh, tell me about that. Yeah. Okay. That was I was on the DD Petty show. He had just come in. He was an A2, and I I had never seen him before. He was a new A2. I'd never met him. So I had set my you do the handheld sometimes, and then you go over to a hard camera, uh, like a, a pedestal camera. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing the handheld, you put it backstage. So I'm doing the, uh, the hard camera and the pedestal, or sorry, and the handheld. I look over, and I see he's playing with the camera, and he doesn't even unlock the head. So, like, he's hurting the camera, and so I just look over there, what are you doing? Don't ever touch that camera again. And I scared the crap out of him. <laughs> he, just, he, was, he was shaking when he walked away. <laughs> Well, I, well guess... I used to like starting people like that, though. Just let them know that you just have to get to know the group. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're not just going to walk in and take all the equipment, you know. You the first, the first time I met you, uh, we were doing TH2, and uh, there's was, there was a long lull out there. Sometimes two or four hours when you did nothing, so you'd, you'd be sitting in the back, just watching TV. And I nodded off. And next thing I know, I look up and I had I didn't know you. I didn't know your name. And I looked up and I go, "What are you doing?" He says. I just got a picture of you sleeping. I said, what? I just got a picture of you sleeping. I says, no, you didn't. He says, yeah, I did. I says, no, you didn't. And you look at him and you go, oh, I says, yeah, you raced that. <laughs> okay. And you did. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that at all. That's, uh, that's so funny. I can't even imagine I would do that to someone who I don't even know. That's, uh, that's ballsy of me. Yeah, well, you did it. <laughs> and then, oh, no, you didn't. Remember, you didn't. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you hated me ever since, right? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I, I, when I when I got when I first moved over to TSN, I got to do a lot of everything, and uh, and working with everybody there it was so good. Like with the guys like uh, James and Gino and Poulin, Batten, Drager, McKenzie, Old Dog, all those guys, you know, and, and the and the basketball guys, Rod Black and uh, Leo Routens, and the football guys, Rod and and uh, Matt and and Milt. It, 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 there was so much fun to work with. It makes your job real easy when it's fun, you know? And, and were you excited to move over to TSN, or did you not like it because the hours were going to change? And uh, Yeah, well, I had done this. It was, it was really hard. Because I had done, like, cause at AM, like, I don't know, like 10 or 12 years or 8 years, somewhere in there, I don't know what it was. I had done 5.30 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon. Now, all of a sudden, I was doing 5.30 in the afternoon to 3, 2.30 in the morning. That's a big change for somebody who's 60 years old. Sure, and you've been doing it the whole life, pretty much your whole uh, professional life, right? Yeah. But when I, and I, the shift work I liked was fun because it was always different, but this was just, it was going to be permanent nights. So I just, it, it, was, it, was, it was hard for a while, but once I got into it, it was and then when, once I got moved over to the G and Dan thing, it was, and it was permanent. I wasn't doing like, because sometimes you would do the night shift and then you'd do uh, European hockey in the morning the next week, you know? Mm-hmm. So you'd be doing a real flip around. But when I got moved to J and Dan, I, I loved that. And like you, you, mentioned, you mentioned names you grant. When we first did the first two weeks of uh, rehearsal, I was in. We started in August and went till September before the, we did two weeks of rehearsals. So working with like Mark switching and and him doing that and Jamie and Jamie directing and you know producer Tim, Greg and Andrew and Thomas and Rico, Brian Mike and Brian, all those you know everybody there. It was it, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. It was and we all worked hard at our job, but we still made it fun. Absolutely, and uh, you were obviously on many, many times. Uh, you were on TV. Uh, how about how would you like that? At first, were you sort of a little uh, gun shy about that, or did you, did you love being on no, TV? No, I, I, 
way Jay asked me, it was, it was really simple. And I had done it on a Canada AM. I'd been on five or six times on a Canada AM. That's cool. I'd, I'd, I was their modeler. Like if they had, like, if the Team Canada Juniors to go to New Jersey for this year, mm-hmm. I would model it on camera. Oh, that's cool. The worst, the worst one they got the model, they made me model, well, they didn't make me, they asked me, was there was a Keith Urban contest, and the winner got to go to a concert with uh, Keith Urban and stay in the hotel, in the same hotel with him, and they had a Keith Urban robe, so I had to model a Keith Urban robe. <laughs> Uh, and obviously, I didn't like doing that, but <laughs> everything I did with uh, Jay and Dan, that, that was a that was a riot. Yeah, I and you you got on camera lots of times too. I got to hurt you. Yeah, you did. Well, I was just going to ask you what was you mad at me? <laughs> yeah, what well, was going to ask you? What you was mad at me? Did? Didn't you? Well, uh, the there was a time where uh, you were mad at me uh, as part of the storyline, and you threw quote unquote acid into my eyes. Yeah, that's uh, what your mom didn't like. Yeah, my mom and dad did not like that one at all. They kept saying like, yeah. "Oh, well, what if someone actually didn't like you and they actually decided to throw acid in your eyes?" And I was like, "I pr- I hope no one hates me that much. If they did, I would get a huge settlement from uh, from work if someone actually yeah. did do that at work." But well, I, got, I got to a G boat at the head with the baseball bat. Yep, yep. I went down, I went down to uh, the Great Wolf Lodge in Niagara to visit uh, my, my granddaughters that were there. We went to visit them, and when we were leaving. This guy comes through the door with his suitcase, suitcase and he just looks at me and he goes, Cameraman Glenn, they're mean to you. How can they make you do all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they mean you. He recognized me. He says, I think you're probably a nicer guy than they make you out to be. <laughs> I said, I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone loves you, obviously. Uh, of course, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. for sure. What was your favorite? It is, it is weird. Getting, I've been recognized quite a few times, and it's, and it's weird, you know, because I'm, I'm not a TV star. I'm a, cam- I'm a cameraman, but... They recognize me, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm glad well, you that you're recognized too. A few times, uh, well, certainly once with you at, uh, at Deer Creek Golf Course, uh, my favorite place uh, in Toronto. Shout out! Uh, we both got. Uh, I think it was one of the guys uh, saw you, like you, you went to go outside for something, and he's like, "Oh my!" To his buddy, like, "Oh my god, that's Cameraman Glenn." And then I, I think I was also at the table there too, and I think he was like, "Oh, oh yeah," and like that, and you, I know you too, Hound Dog. Like it was kind of like. It was. Uh, I think you were the star, and I would just sort of. Oh yeah, that guy as well. I sort of know him. Like clearly, yeah. you're, the, you're the superstar. Is what I'm saying. Well, no, but everybody's everybody that has record has always been nice. It's been a couple of them say, "Can I have my picture with you?" It's like okay, but I don't know why. <laughs> well, that's great. What was your favorite bit that you ever did on uh, on Jay and Dan? What was the one that you liked the most? Oh, for sure, my last day when you when you did all the work, surprising with my with my kids and their wives. And my three granddaughters, uh, sorry, and my, and my wife, and uh, brought me up on the, brought them all up on the stage to go by to me. I was thinking, uh, I wish that it had a, a day shift so that uh, Isabel, Madison, and Charlotte, my three granddaughters, could have been there too. Mm-hmm. But you can't bring them in at midnight. But that was great for you to do. That was so nice of you to do and bring them all in and that. I was. That was that was, that was my best time on Jay and Dan. I was so scared because about maybe thirty seconds before. Uh, the big reveal was going to happen, and I was going to come out with these golf clubs that we got, Cameraman Glenn, a golf bag and golf clubs. You happened to go out to throw something in the recycling, and I just happened to be within your eye shot, and I was like, oh, no. And it would be a really, it's a really weird space for me to be. If I was there, you would have for sure questioned it. You would have been like, why are you there? But I had these golf clubs, and I thought for sure you'd seen me. And I was like, oh, no, I just gave up the game 30 seconds before he's going to be, we're going to be presenting these golf clubs as no. a surprise to him. And I was so worried, but thank goodness you no. didn't see me, eh? No. No, I've, uh, I never noticed that at all. I thought that, but that was my greatest thing. But the other one I really liked was when Jay and Dan asked me to be on their podcast. And that was, that was so much fun. And I got a lot of feedback from that, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like that was that was that's weirder than this one because I was on camera for like 15 minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah. And no, the thing is, I don't. I really don't mind seeing myself on camera. I just don't like my voice. Well, no, your voice is distinct. This doesn't sound the same to you as it does in real life, you know. Yeah, my, no, but your voice is distinct. I think that's pretty common, though. I think most people don't like their own voice uh, whenever they hear it. Yeah. I think that's an, uh, a common thing, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, when I was trying to contact uh, your son to be able to get this big surprise uh, for you, uh, we've talked about this uh, numerous times as well. You've held out. You have still do not have a cell phone in 2020. Uh, how has that been? It, it just seems uh, wild uh, that you don't have one, and uh, I, I'm assuming you're not going to have one anytime soon? No, I think if you've never had one, you don't miss it. True. You know, but uh, like most times now, especially now, I'm, I'm at home, and if I'm out, I'm with my wife. My wife! And she has one, so. No, I, I, I seriously, I've never missed it. I'm sure if I got one, I would say, why didn't I do this before? I didn't have a cell phone myself until maybe, I mean, it was a while ago now, but I think I might have been 22 or something like that when I finally got my first one. Uh, yeah. And I was, I held that for a long time as well. And uh, then, yeah, once you have it, you're like, yeah, same thing. Why didn't I have this before? This is kind of crazy. But yeah, yeah. But, but yet, even though you don't have your own cell phone, I noticed on Instagram, you have more Instagram followers than me. You have 100 more followers. Uh, how'd that happen? <laughs> and you see, I don't, I don't even have Instagram, so... <laughs> So I guess it's your son who runs that account. Oh, how many? Well, how many? How many people do you get watching your podcast? Uh, I'm getting a the, the the listenership is starting to go up each episode. The last one I did actually with Tony Rosenberg, he uh, didn't know he was on the podcast, and that one just really quickly had uh, higher numbers than other ones that I've already done a while back. So yeah. it's, it's starting to. Well, starting you did to go Jay up. the other day, didn't you? I did uh, a couple of podcasts ago. I had Jay on there. I'm hoping to have Dan O'Toole on here very shortly as well. Yeah. So when you when you do because I don't know this, when you do your podcasts and like Jay is on, do you get? Do, can you tell how many people have listened to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have the subscription through uh, SoundCloud where I, I paid the extra money to be able to see where everyone's listening from. I have a lot of listeners, by the way, from Ireland, which I'm very intrigued by. Like, uh, who are those? People? Oh, really? I'm getting a lot of listeners from Ashburn, Virginia, uh, from California. Uh, it's wow. very. It's, it's, so I get to see where people are listening from, how many people have listened, and who who yeah. it was, what towns, etc. You no, know, uh, this is a. You don't have to tell me what I want. To, do, you, do you like? Do you make money from this, or is it just a ho- hobby? Uh, just a hobby for now. Hopefully, uh, I could make a serious coin with through some sponsor, uh, maybe Kraken. I, I don't see. know. But uh, that, okay. that's that'd be the eventual goal. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, and uh, that's that's definitely the goal to uh, have more of these episodes. Knowing that you're on, I'm sure it'll be tons of people who'll be listening to this because, of course, they're going to want to hear from Cameraman Glenn, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's, true. It's, uh, it's absolutely true. Uh, a few podcasts. Well, one thing I, I do want to say, and it's, this is just for, I just want to say one sad thing that I, the one thing that I, I remember on Jay and Dan, he was coming in the day that I found out that Johnny Gale had been shot. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, that was just, just like I goosebumps down thinking because he was such a gentleman, oh. such a nice guy, such a hard worker. Yep. You know, and that was just, that was so unfair. Yeah, so unfair. I still, I, I Google that every so often to see if there's any updates on that, and there hasn't been in, in over a year. Yeah. Just the nicest. He would come in and he'd run scripts, and uh, oh. yeah, he gave me the name CMG. He would, he would, he would never call me Glenn. He was always called me CMG, Cameraman Glenn. He <laughs> was just always CMG. How you doing? CMG. That's what he called me all the time. That's great. Yeah, no, and I thought that was kind of cool. He's he was just the nicest guy of all time, and it's just yeah. it's unfathomable. I still can't figure. I think about him very often, just knowing. I know, you know me too. What a beauty he was, and uh, when, when I came in and uh, um, um, at the security gate said, told me, 
And I said, no, that's got to be wrong. You got to get, that has to be a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just thought, no, that can't be right. I know. I'm so thankful that about a week before that happened, that tragedy happened where he was killed. He'd shown me and Tony Rosenberg pictures from when he was in L.A. He went to a Laker game and he was so excited to have seen LeBron and he was just fired oh, up. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so thankful that he had an awesome experience right uh, you know, before, unfortunately, yeah. he tragically yeah. passed away. Never. It, he was just the best. I never, I never saw him without a smile. No, nope. never. Yeah, absolutely. There, you, you could not be more correct on that part. Yeah. The one thing I, I, that I would I miss from Jay and Dan mm-hmm. is the banter between Jay and Dan and producer Tim. <laughs> oh, I, was... I'm really glad that when I'm on headset, I could only hear Jay and Dan that I couldn't hear Tim. Because my camera probably was shaking all the time because I've been laughing so much. Because <laughs> Tim would give them crap, he'd give they'd give him crap, and it would be it was just funny, you know. Yeah. But I could never hear what Tim was saying. <laughs> uh, they balance each other very well because uh, Jay and Dan definitely need to be reined in occasionally. Sometimes producer Tim is uh, is great at being able to to do that and and do things oh, on the yeah. fly. You know, it's uh, it's definitely. I've always said to people that the the funny show obviously is Jay and Dan. It's an amazing show to work for and to watch, but. If there was a, a, a behind-the-scenes show of Jay and Dan versus cameraman, or sorry, versus uh, producer Tim, and they just uh, it was their interactions back and forth. Oh, that'd episode. be a great show! Oh my God, people would love that so much. Poor, poor Tim. When G, when Tim took a day off, and G Bone would fill in. It was like G Bone was like the hero. <laughs> he would always, no matter what happened, G Bone, you're doing a great job. Tim, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, don't, don't get me wrong. G Bone did a great job too, but it's just the way they played it, you know. Oh yeah, it was. It was funny to me that I think there was the three or four straight episodes where the, that G Bone did as a uh, as a producer, where there was no Yabluits at all. I think it was three That's or four right, in a I remember row. That. And it was yeah. just like, what, what, this is crazy yeah. odds, yeah. but uh, quite funny. Uh, a couple yeah. other things I want to ask you just before uh, I let you go here, Glenn. Uh, two things. Yeah, a couple of things I want to say, too, is that uh, I loved all the, 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 people, the TSN people and the CF2 people that I worked with, you know, like all the cameramen and uh, audio guys. They were all great. Oh, yeah. They were great. And actually, I had a great interaction with you uh, last year on the golf course with uh, Ken Shaw, recently retired as well. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. And, uh, I thought I thought my driver was getting a little old. I thought maybe I needed a new one. I said, "Can you try my club for me?" He hit it about three hundred yards. So there's nothing wrong with the club. <laughs> and, I know uh, where the problem is now. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't even know me. And uh, I guess you had said, "Oh, this is Hound Dog," and he serenaded me with. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. He, he was singing that. I just thought that was the funniest thing. And I only oh, met yeah. him for like five minutes, but he seemed like the nicest gentleman as well. Oh yeah, well I worked with him for like fifty years, forty years, you know. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other yeah. things before I let you go here, Glenn. Uh, I talked about it on a previous podcast that I did how annoying it is to me when people spell my name M I C H E A L as opposed to A E L. It drives me crazy. It always has when people oh, spell really? when people spell your name Glenn G L E N N. How does that drive uh, yeah. you nuts? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's been and they would tell them every time. It's like how how could you keep getting it wrong? And and well, I, when, when producer Tim first met me. He started calling me Glenn with one end. <laughs> just that's what he would call me. <laughs> that's funny. So I was thinking, why? Well, how do they? How do they get this wrong? Tim just calls me Glenn with one end. It's uh, uh just. It's just. Oh, I can't even imagine. It's just. Just so frustrating when people get the name spelled wrong. I can only imagine for you because I, I definitely remember that for quite a while. People would spell yeah, that with two yeah. ends, right? 
Yeah. Man. And then and then all, when when Zwaris was doing the you blew it, he would give he would give Jay sugar because he called me camera guy Glenn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cameraman Glenn, not camera guy Glenn. It was for a while, yeah, he, he, uh, maybe two or three different times he said camera guy Glenn, and I was like, wait a minute, I thought it was cameraman Glenn. It was uh, it was it was very funny for sure. Lastly, you were a huge uh, Patriots fan. Obviously, you loved Tom Brady for the last uh, two decades. Now he's gone gone to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If there's actually games that would be played this year. Uh, are you still a steadfast Patriots fan, or are you a Tampa Bay Bucks fan now, going with Brady? Wow, that's. Uh, I think I'm still a Patriots fan, and I will. Cheer, but I will cheer for Brady unless he's playing against the Patriots. That's uh, that's a good way of putting it. I, I like that. Uh, yeah. there, there's definitely some fan, Patriots fans who you obviously know for sure were bandwagoners of Brady, and of course his career was yeah. incredible. But- I'm not. I, I will. I will chill, I'm still Trevor Brady, but I'll be a Patriots fan. That's that, that's that's almost good too. That Tampa. He went to the other conference, so you don't really have to worry about him until, of course, yeah, maybe that's the right. So, uh, yeah, no, that's that's that is the correct answer. I was trying I, to. I ba- that, that would be a real problem if they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to bait you that into. Would be a real uh, I was trying to get you into this saying, "Oh, I know, I'm going for the Bucks now." But you, you are a steadfast Patriots fan. I definitely respect that about you for sure. Where would you go if uh, if Wilson moved? Uh, I would stick with Seattle, 100 million percent. Yeah, I've been a would fan. You? Okay, been a fan since the late 90s with uh, John Kitna and Matthew Hasselbeck, and uh, everyone always would call Matthew Hasselbeck, which used to drive me crazy. Hasselbeck, Beck with an E at the end, not with That's an right. A. And so that I, I just loved them uh, way back in the day because they were a very average team at the time. I, I picked a new team. I said, let's pick a squad that no one cares about, who's very average. Right. And I'm very thankful I did that because they've uh, given me some yeah. pretty great playoff memories over the years, for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. Th- thank you so much, Glenn, for uh, being on the podcast. Oh. Really appreciate it. it was, thanks uh, thanks uh, for asking me. It was, it was fun. Yeah, it was an excellent conversation. Um, and actually, that's the one thing. I, I don't miss the work. I miss the people, you know? I can imagine that for sure. Yeah. Well, you're always uh, I'm gonna be, there. I'm going to be seeing you and Jamie and Zeke in the summer, I'm hoping. Well, yeah, maybe absolutely. Rico and Thomas, you know, that'd be great. Uh, no question. I was going to say you're always invited yeah. back to TSM, but as of now, as we know, going through this coronavirus pandemic, I'm not going you're to not work. even invited. No, exactly. Yeah, but uh, we'll hopefully uh, we'll see you soon, and we'll uh, we'll be hitting the links uh, July first. Yes, I hope so. All right, thank okay, you. Okay, thanks much. very much, Michael. Take care. Thank you. Okay, I'm Doc. Bye bye. Bye. Great stuff. That was awesome. Hello. Bye bye. Didn't know if he's still on the line there or not. Hello? Nope. Sounds like him. I can never tell. Sometimes it's like, did they hang up? Did they not? I didn't know if he was going to say something afterwards. Maybe it looks like he is gone. So I'm going to end the call right now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Cameraman Glenn, what an absolute legend. Love that man so much. So thankful that he, the last couple of years of his uh, career, he worked uh, at TSN. And just he's a, just the nicest guy just an absolute gentleman, a Butron for sure, through and through. Super glad to get him on the podcast because that man, I, he can talk for ages about his career. I'm sure all the different people that he met. Oh, my goodness. There were plenty of awesome names. I love that he name dropped, by the way. That was fantastic. I'm sure he has other stories, and I'll without question I have to have him on again on the podcast for sure. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 17 of the H-Dog Pod with Cameraman Glenn. Bang! This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Mmm, bang. Mmm, bang. Bing.